Well, I'm feeling the unplugged thing, so I think we're going to unplug for the sermon today, too. I'm just going to chill, and we're just going to talk. It's going to be pretty fantastic. The kid's going to scream, and we're all going to hear it. It's good news. We are so, I'm, I, I am super glad you're here today. I hope you're glad that you're here today. We are honestly thrilled to have each and every one of you. Um, I don't think that we necessarily have any visitors today. I think we're all people who have been here at least once, twice, three times before, so just have a good morning and talk about the Word. And We're going to look at teamwork. That's what this whole series is going to be on. I titled it All for One. I went for a little uh, almost musketeersy type vibe, you know, all for one, one for all. Um, now, when I think of teams, I have to be honest, I relate almost everything to sports, and I'm sorry if you're not a sports person. You'll have to take my analogy and somehow apply it to your life, but it, it will fit. I promise it will fit. You just have to find what subject matter that goes with, but a lot of you guys know that I was a football player. Uh, I loved football until football no longer loved me and I uh, had to quit playing. Uh, but I always wanted to be a running back. Now, just so we, yes, this. I always wanted to be a running back. Now, to be fair, I was a little bit more svelte in high school, but not much. Okay, I didn't, I don't really have the body for a running back. Now, people that agree with that statement were my coaches. They didn't want me to be a running back either. And so uh, I never really got that opportunity. But I like the fact that a running back uh, always has the ball in their hands and they have a huge impact on the game and they get to score touchdowns and they get to just run as fast as they can and crash into people. And uh, there's something that's just so beautiful about that to me. And so I wanted to be a running back. But uh, as I said, coaches looked at me and, and said, look, you're not a running back. You, however, are an offensive lineman. Uh, you can block things. You can still run full speed and crash into folks, and you'll love it. You'll enjoy it. Each and every one of us has a position that we're meant to fill, that we, that we fill better than others. Um, and we're built for it. And it's important that we fill that position because that's what best helps the team. It wouldn't do much good for our team for me to be a running back because I'm slow, I don't get very far, and eventually all 11 players from the defense will be on top of me to tackle me. So that did us no good. But I'm a big guy, and I can block one, sometimes two people, and take defenders out of the, the, the play, and, and we could go down the field and score touchdowns, and I helped in that way. God has designed you to fill a specific purpose. Now, I'm not saying he designed me to be an offensive lineman. I had a good hand in that, uh, me and all the buffets around town, um, kind of built me for that purpose. But God in our lives has designed us to fill a specific purpose. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today, verses 4 through 11, and this is what they have to say. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To other, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. And all these are the work of, the same, of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So we're all given a gift by the same, we're given a role, a job by the, by the same source. 
and we're to use it for the common good. Sounds like to me that we're a team. Sounds like to me that we're a team. Now, the first thing I want you to understand today and I want you to hold on to is that you have a gift. You have a gift. Now, the hard part is figuring out what that specific gifting that that the Spirit has given you may be. I don't have some test, right? You have those aptitude tests out there in the world that will tell you your strengths, things that you're good at, whether it's leadership or uh, positivity or whatever it is that your strength may be. Like a lot of employers like that, a lot of schools like that, they, they have you figure out what your five greatest strengths are so they can figure out where to plug you in and put you. But gifts from the Spirit don't really work that way. There's not some aptitude test that says this is what the Spirit has gifted you to do. That requires a lot of prayer. It requires a lot of patience. A lot of times it requires trial and error until you really fill the position that the Spirit has built you for. We all have these different gifts, and there's unity in these gifts and the fact that they come from the same source. They come from the Spirit. They come from God. They come from Christ the Son, and they are meant to fulfill purposes for the common good. So in that, we have unity. So we all have a gift, but here's the second thing. Not knowing your gift or not being given the opportunity to use your gift is not an excuse to sit idly by. I don't know what my gift is. Right? You hear that a lot. I don't know. I don't know what God has gifted me to do. I don't know what my gift is. Or I do know my gift, but I don't know how it fits necessarily in our church setting. Or my gifting is already filled. Like there's already somebody filling that position and and there's even more than one and, and it just seems like there's no room for me. Well, does God have a deal for you? Does God have a deal for you? Because let's look back at verses 4 through 6. Say there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. But then it also tells us there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. And even furthermore, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. See, there's a differentiation here between gifts, service, and works. Now, gifting... It's something that God has designed you specifically to do. It's a specific role. It's a specific job that you are meant to do to further the kingdom of God. But then there's service. service don't, services don't necessarily line up with our gifting, but it's just ways that we can plug in and serve the kingdom and serve the church and forward the mission of the church. And then you have works, right? I want you to think like micro dirty jobs here. Right? These are things that nobody's like necessarily thrilled to do, but, but the job needs to be done. And so one of us, any one of us, some of us can fill that position. We can do that job. Someone has to do it. Now, service only requires the willingness to fill a role. That's a common misconception. We think, well, I'm not necessarily gifted in this area, so I can't serve. Right? Like, you may not be the most hospitable person in the world, but maybe you can make a cup of coffee on Sunday morning and give some of our other team that does the hospitality a, a week off. If you're younger than me, there's a real chance that you don't know how to make a cup of coffee and you've never done it because, to be honest, I never have. I'm just sure I can figure it out. Like there's a filter and grounds and some water and play, right? But if you don't know, it's something we could teach you. Maybe you aren't Mary Poppins. Chelsea, maybe you're not Mary Poppins. Okay, maybe you're not Mary Poppins, but right through that door, right through that door where it says Crosspoint Kids, there's a bunch of little ones who literally do nothing but walk around all Sunday morning with smiles on their face until they get hurt or they get a boo-boo or somebody took their toy and then they cry a little and then they get back to smiling 
and they just love the people around them. And we are in desperate need of teachers. And you may say, hey, that's not really my spiritual gifting. Well, the good news is kids don't really require much more than a smile on your face and a willingness to serve them. And they just want to tell you, guess what, a million times. And they want to say, look what I can do another million times. And they just want to know that you love them. And in that process, you get to teach them about the God who loves them more than anything or anyone ever could. So you don't have to be necessarily gifted in that area. You just have to be willing and have a positive attitude and want to do it. That's it. Maybe you aren't Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. You're not writing code all day and coming up with new tech, but you could help run ProPresenter, or you could learn the soundboard. Right? And you could help in that way. You could serve the church because we could always use people, I'm sure Phil would agree, to help with ProPresenter or run the sound. Or even somebody to help with social media at the church. Right? Maybe you're awesome and you Snapchat and you tweet and you Twitter and you have your face on a book and you Instagram stuff and I don't know, but if that's you, we could use you. Maybe you aren't the most outgoing person in the world, but you could at least say hello with a smile on your face when somebody walks in and say welcome to Crosspoint. Or sometime throughout the week after a visitor or a guest has come, you can place a call and just say, hey, we were really glad to have you. We'd love to have you back. Do you have any questions I might be able to answer? Service just takes a willingness to do the job. And then we have works, right? This is the micro dirty jobs thing. This is the job that like nobody is dying to do, but they need to be done, right? Like I don't know anybody who says, guys, God has spiritually gifted me with the gift of toilets. I love toilets. I could take a disgusting toilet, make that toilet white as snow, brand new toilet, be the best toilet you've ever seen in your whole life. Like, I think about toilets all day long. That is until I think about trash, because I love trash. I love to gather trash. I love to take trash out. I love when you tie the bag up, and you kind of throw it over your shoulder. If that's the way you want to do it, that's the way I would do it. And walk out, throw it in the trash can, and slam the lid, and come back and Get that fresh trash bag out, shake it out, you know, put it in the bag. I love it. That is until you talk about sweeping. Because you know what's better than trash? And you know what's better than all the other stuff? Sweeping. I just like to sweep. I like to see all the dirt get collected in one pile and like, you know, sweep it up. And then put it in the trash bag that I just put in the trash can. It's awesome. This is my gift. Right? No one necessarily says that God has gifted me to do that. But we could always use a few more people who are willing to share that load and say, listen, it's not the biggest thrill of my life, but I'm capable of taking the trash out, and if that's a way I can help the church, I'm willing to do so. And if you are doing that, if you have volunteered that, we appreciate you. In any of these roles, if you're doing that, we love you, we thank you. Our team would not be as good as a team if we did not have somebody in those positions. And so I'm not downplaying or belittling any of those. I'm just saying that if your only job at Crosspoint is to be a spectator, God has something more for you than that. That's my argument. Because in all these things, in giftings, in services, and in works, God is at work. God is at work. Romans 12, 9-13 says that love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. 
be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Proverbs 22.9 says that whoever has a bountiful eye will be blessed, for he shares his bread with the poor. What are you holding on to that God would have you share with those in need? This verse is used both literally and figuratively. Right? Because we have poor in our world that need food and shelter and clothing, and it's our job to participate in, in funding that as Christians. God calls us to do that. And that's certainly something that we as a church want to do and get to a place where we can do faithfully and fervently again. But this is also just talking about the different things that we have that we could give in our community and in our church to further our kingdom and to improve our team that we're holding back. Maybe that's time, maybe that's effort, maybe that's comfort. Or maybe you you don't want to do something just because you're not totally comfortable with it and you're worried about messing up and you're worried about this and you're worried about that. I'm here to tell you now that don't let anything get in the way that God has called you to maybe do. The brothers Zebedee, right? They They were a couple of the apostles and they thought highly of themselves. And in Matthew 20, they have this run-in where Jesus, where they ask to, to, to be placed once they get to the kingdom at each side of Jesus, right? They want to be on the right and the left side. They want to be right there. They want to just be with Jesus. And it's not be with Jesus because oh, we love Jesus, it's because they, they, like, they want to be exalted and they want to be in this high position and they want to be, uh, they want to have people look at them and just say, look at those brothers, Matthew 20, 24 says that when the ten heard about this, when they, when they heard about these brothers, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercised authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, here's the thing, and I, I, before I make the statement, I want to make very clear that I don't think anybody in here has this mindset. But Scripture makes one thing clear, that as Christians, we are too good for nothing. I don't think anybody in here thinks, I'm too good to do that job. I'm too good to take out the trash. I'm too good to work with the kids. I don't think anybody has that mindset. But the mindset I think we do get in sometimes is we get it in our heads that we are meant for something different and before even approaching God with, God, would you have me do this? Or God, do you think this is a way that I could serve? We just say no. We have this mindset of that's not for me and so I shouldn't be doing it. But if we opened ourselves up to God, to what God wanted from us, I think a lot of our no's would turn into yeses. I think a lot of our no's would turn into yeses. And then we wouldn't have the problem that a lot of churches have where it's like a small core group of individuals is doing all the work for the whole church. As individuals, as Christians, as as church members, as as team members, we're all meant to be plugged in. We're all meant to do a job. We're all meant to do something to improve the church and further the kingdom. That's what we are required to do. Because we are required to be like Jesus. We are required to reflect Jesus, and Jesus came to serve and not to serve. That's why we say here at Crosspoint that we are here to serve. It's the epitome of Christianity. It's what we want to be. We want to be a church that if we're known for nothing else, people will say, that church serves others. They serve people. We 
We serve, we work, we use our giftings for the common good. We do these things for the common good. When we think about any team, any team, right? This is football, this is management, this is work, this is family, this is everything. You have your skill positions. You have your specialists, your leaders, right? In football, that's your quarterbacks and your running backs and your wide receivers, your kickers, your coaches, people that specialize in tasks, that have a specific athletic gifting and, 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 and just sort of like genetic disposition to, to fill this specific skilled role. And then you have those that fill positions that they don't really dream of their whole life or aren't the most thrilled about like the offensive linemen. I don't know any offensive lineman ever who never thought it'd be really cool to be a tight end or a wide receiver or a running back or not this huge and a little bit faster. For us in our church, that, 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 those positions are like our children's workers, our counters, cleaners, things that we need more of that we're desperately seeking for. And, and, and maybe no one feels like, man, I was destined to fill that role, but you can do it. And you would do it to improve our team and to better our, our, our goals and our, our, our focus moving forward. Would you at least pray about it? Because if you are willing, we need you. And then you have folks that they do the dirty work, right? In football, that's your equipment managers, your water boys. These are like the silent workers. You never really necessarily notice the work that they're doing until they're not there, right? And then you're like, man, where is the water? <laughs> I am dying here. So you come in one Sunday morning and all the trash is piled up and the floors are unswept and the bathrooms are filthy and... You're just like, wait, what, where, why is this taking place? Each and every position, each and every role is one that needs to be filled, is one that has to be filled for our team to be the best possible team that we can be. And all these roles together work for the best possible outcome. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, Now to each one, of the, man, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. 1 Peter 4.10 says that each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says that whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead where you are going, where we all will eventually be, there is no working. There is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. Colossians 3.23 says that whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. We think about service, we think about work, we think about using our gifts. If our focus is, how do I do this for the betterment of myself, then we'll never really truly fulfill the purpose that God has given to us. Because in all these things, God has given them and works through them for the common good for the betterment of others. And if we're to be the best team we can be, not, not just Crosspoint, but Christianity as a whole, then we have to be willing to step up and serve and work in areas that we may not always be the most thrilled about, but that maybe God has called us to take a chance and step into and say, you need somebody there, I will do it. 
Teams are the most successful when their focus isn't on their own individual desires, but what's best for the overall team. How can you best serve the overall team? What is it that God might be calling you to do? Will you do it? Will you do it? Let's pray. God, we come to you right now. We thank you for who you are and the things that you have done. Um, Lord, you, you are a, a father who loves us more than anything in the world. And, and part of the love that you have for us is that you have given us the opportunity to serve others. And you, you help us to do that by giving us special gifts. Uh, but oftentimes, Lord, you just do that by giving us the willingness and the desire to help when needed. And Lord, I pray that each and every one of us looks to how we can serve the common good of Crosspoint, how we can serve others, and how we can uh, improve this place for, for not just our families, not just ourselves, God, but for each and every person that walks through the door. Lord, give us the wisdom to make the right decisions. Give us the, the, the strength and the knowledge to uh, do what it is that you would have us do. And uh, Lord, we just thank you so much for, for the opportunity and um, just the, the, the privilege it is to serve in your kingdom and to serve those around us. So God, we ask uh, for your focus and for your desires to just fill our lives. And we ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. Now, I'm going to continue to play the djembe, but Rodney is going to be in the back over here to the left. And if you need to pray or you need to, to speak about anything, whether that be membership or salvation or rededication of your life, whatever it may be, don't leave today without talking to Rodney, okay? Give him uh, your heart. Give him what's on your mind and, and let him pray with you. Uh, that is one of the things that God wants us to do is to lean on others. It's part of being a team is that when we are in need, when we have things that that we shouldn't have to carry alone that we have teammates to to help us through that and so let rodney be that individual for you this morning otherwise let's stand and let's worship together